Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. I've done so many things that had very tight corsets, you can't have lunch, you'd make you sick. When I was doing 101, 102 Dalmatians, I had a corset that made my waist 21 inches. And if it was off by a quarter of an inch, you literally would, could faint. (laughs) I'm here with my wonderful friend, Glenn Close. Sadly, we're far apart. She's in Montana. I'm in London. But we're both going to go together to Genoa in Liguria where this recipe for tagliatelle with walnut sauce comes from. 300 grams tagliatelle, two kilos fresh, wet walnuts, shelled, bitter skins removed, 100 grams breadcrumbs soaked in milk, two garlic cloves peeled, 150 milligrams olive oil, 100 grams Parmesan, grated, four tablespoons fresh basil, 75 grams unsalted butter. This is best made in a pestle and mortar. Pound the walnuts and garlic until combined and season well. Squeeze most of the milk from the breadcrumbs, then add to the mortar and mix together. Pour in the olive oil gradually. Finally, Add half the Parmesan and basil. If it is too thick, add more milk. Cook the tagliatelle, drain, and return to the saucepan. Add the softened butter and toss. Gently stir in the sauce and serve with the remaining Parmesan. And my mouth is watering. And mine is too. (laughs) So beautiful the way you read it. It makes me want to eat it and cook it right away. I love this recipe. Because it's so regional, it comes from Genoa. It is totally seasonal, and what you only eat it when the walnuts are fresh, which is in the early months of autumn. And there's something very delicate and very subtle about the taste. Why did you choose this recipe, Glenn? Well, I chose it because I asked my wonderful daughter Annie what recipe she would choose from the River Cafe, and without hesitation, mm. she said tagliatelle with walnut sauce. So I am. I chose it because I love my daughter and she is a foodie of the first order. She is. And did you always cook with her? Did you cook together? Was she somebody who loved food from the beginning? Yes. I have a picture of Annie where you can, she barely could reach, uh, you know, the, the kitchen counter. And she was, she used to come in and say, I want to cook something. And she would just get a bowl and start putting things in a bowl. And you'd say, do you want to add a little milk? Or, (laughs) 
Yeah. So she's always had a penchant for cooking. And I can't say that I have. So I am really, really overjoyed when she comes and visits because I know I'm going to have a spate of fabulous meals. And she's very adventurous. She likes likes to try new things. When you were growing up, who cooked for you? What was the cooking like in your childhood? It was hilarious. My early childhood, my mom, she would open a, a can of succotash which had those mealy lima beans, hated it, hated succotash, and corned beef hash. I remember she did some wonderful ribs, though, but I think she just put ketchup and mustard together and put them over, but they were really good. I remember that from my childhood. But she would, I think she was a basic, you know, just a good steak or chicken. We had a rooster called pretzel. (laughs) <laughs> and he would crow during the night. And um, my brother cut a, a oil drum in half and cleaned it out. And at night, pretzel would be put under the oil drum. But you still could hear him going, oh, oh. <laughs> finally, yeah. finally, everybody thought it was time for pretzel to be butchered. And he was, and he was put in the freezer. And then yeah. I happened to be there when they brought pretzel out and said, let's, let's roast pretzel. And... and he was inedible. You yeah. couldn't even get a knife oh, into him. I thought it was pretzels revenge. <laughs> and what about apart from being in the kitchen and being home? What about restaurants? Do you like restaurants? Pre-COVID? Yeah, pre-COVID. I love going to restaurants. I love sitting down, knowing that you're going to get a wonderful meal. But I think for me, the most important thing about a restaurant is its atmosphere and who you actually are there with. The last time I was in the River Cafe was with Jonathan Price and Kate, his wife, and you were there and you came and sat and you were busy around, but we were celebrating the end of of filming The Wife. But it was such a spectacular time because you feel so embraced by the whole atmosphere. And also then, of course, there's nothing more wonderful and brings people together than when a gorgeous plate of food is put in front of you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship, and when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place, and therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ruthie. BetterHelp.com slash Ruthie. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. 
In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's always interested me the way that you can see that people come sometimes to a restaurant and they are a bit damaged or they're a bit tender or they're a bit tired or they're a bit sad or they're very happy or they're celebrating. There's a lot going on. And I also think that's why perhaps actors really do like restaurants because there is a theatrical atmosphere, do you think, of a restaurant? Very much so. And I think as an actor, there's something wonderful about knowing the people in a place and coming in and you literally feel like you're going into another version of, of home. And um, I think that's also important, but I, it's interesting that you say that because I was recently in California and I was staying in Pasadena at a very lovely hotel. One evening when I went with my book and get a little bit of dinner across from me at a two table was a couple and the guy was sobbing. Oh, yeah. I mean, sobbing out loud. And I almost really wanted, I wanted to go and say, I'm so sorry. But, she, you know, a woman was holding his hand. And it went on for quite a while. Wow. And then he would pull himself together and start laughing. And I thought, of course, my actors imagination, I thought, what has happened? What is that yeah. situation? But I found it fascinating that that much emotion was being, you know, let out in a, very public place. Mm. As far as um, observing how people yes. eat, <laughs> I one of my my ex partners. I remember <laughs> I remember the day when I actually noticed how he chewed, and he chewed like Bugs Bunny, <laughs> like really fast, and and it was like it would be a scene out of a comedy that I I just stared and I thought I can't believe that I'm with somebody who eats like that. And it was so funny and so distinctive that when I was in Mars Attacks and playing the first lady to Jack Nicholson's president and we're eating TV dinners in front of the TV, I chew like that. (laughs) I totally took (laughs) how my ex chewed because it was... Yeah. It was astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, I relate to that. I have a friend that left her husband because of the way he buttered bread. She just couldn't believe that he made all these. <laughs> he was so mean. He, they, she said they were making garlic bread. And he was, oh, he was so, he was so stingy about everything in life. And then she just saw him put no, you know, the smallest amount of butter on a piece of bread. And she thought, that's it. You know, it's a bit like you and the chewing. I cannot. This is it. I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. This is it. it. It kind of was a this is it moment yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Annie and, and you. Do you eat out together? You know, now that she's yes. older and she's married and you're not maybe cooking together, making pancakes for her. Do you share a lot of food <laughs> yeah. together? Do you eat out or does she cook for you? She does. And the thing that amazes me is how much she loves it, how much she takes time in getting the right ingredients. And I think the help she likes the most is the cleanup. You know, she doesn't like people hovering. It's really a a process for her that I think is psychological as well as practical. I think she finds real solace and she has told me that it's a place that helps her 
with anxiety, you just get in the kitchen. Yeah, it's comforting and it's a connection, isn't it? It is. It is comfort. And our connection was we met in Mexico, and I was thinking how yes. we how many meals we shared in Mexico. And going oh. to Contramar and sitting there for hours with our friends oh, and, yes. and going to that breakfast place and having breakfast and having margaritas. The, oh, wasn't that remember fun. that beautiful? Contramar, that was, God, what a great place. Yeah. I just, I think fine Mexican cuisine is, besides Italian, my favorite food ever. Mm. You know, if you if you have a beautifully cooked chicken with one of those dark mole sauces, mm. It's just exquisite. The ingredients that they put in is, is so beautifully subtle and deep. You know, it's, you know, I put salt and pepper and Lowry sauce on my roast chicken. You know, it's like, <laughs> but it's, it, again, it informs you because probably you're getting stimulated in your taste buds in different places. Mm-hmm. And it actually mm-hmm. becomes almost a, you know, a kind of a physical experience. You, it's it's mm. it's profound when you when you sit down to a beautifully cooked meal with complex ingredients, and the breakfasts mm. certainly in Zicatella mm. is is the avocado, the the wonderful fresh fruit, and also the eggs. You know, just to me. My favorite was that moment of breakfast and, and you could hear the ocean pounding and it's just, it, it's, ah, I really miss it. I really want to go back. Oh, we will. We have to go. We were in Mexico. I think most recent time we were in Mexico together, it was your birthday. And I remember we were in this incredibly beautiful, rather remote place and Chris Terrio, your friend and I, thought we had to get you a birthday cake. And uh, we walked down the beach. We came to this little village. We thought we're going to find this really wonderful Mexican birthday cake for you. And, in fact, we went into this kind of pastry shop, and they had those kind of terrible-looking, slightly plastic birthday cakes that were kind of <laughs> full of sugar and kind of probably fake icing, but we, it was all we could get. And so we bought it and we came back and we brought it out to you for your birthday. And it turned out to be like the most delicious thing <laughs> that we'd ever had. Do you remember? <laughs> we, we were yeah. so shocked yeah. that here we were in Mexico eating this kind of who knows what cake. And it was so <laughs> good. I think the three of us finished the, the whole birthday. Yeah. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's 
smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. In France, when I did uh, Dangerous Liaisons, they have French hours, which um, do don't have a break and you go and get something when they're doing a setup or something. But then they had a dining room trailer with tables with white tablecloths and wine on the tables. Like what? And then, of course, you have caterers and you have the uh, craft service table where everybody goes and snacks. And that really depends on how much money the production has as, as what the quality of that is. But I, I just, I did a, a film up in uh, Canada in January and, and they had a lot of really healthy food. That was really nice to have because you can just gain weight. I was thinking day. about Big Chill and the, the uh, memories uh-huh. there's so many memories from the big chill but a lot of the big chill or it seems to me in my memory because i haven't watched it for a while takes place in the kitchen doesn't it sitting yeah. around the table yeah. yep. there's a lot of food in that movie what was it like making that movie and the food and the talking i can't remember what we ate i do remember because it was my second movie yeah. and i was shown what the pattern of my china would be <laughs> Oh, I would never have that. I would never have that. And I got all upset. And and then Larry Kasdan was very, you know, said, yeah, thank you. You know, blah, blah, blah. Then, of course, when you see the movie, there's no way that anybody would ever notice the pattern on the China. So I realized how gracious Larry Kasdan was. I think in the big chill, wasn't there a bit about throwing spaghetti against the refrigerator? See if it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think there's something that that. promotes conversation when you're sitting around a table and that movie is all about conversation and you know in life we all end up in the kitchen yeah so i think it was very true to life that a lot of the scenes take place in the kitchen but what is it like being as a political you know my most socially conscious political involved activist friend do you feel that way about food? I mean, and farming, are you, you know, you're in Montana. What oh, is that like? Yeah. I mean, doesn't it all come down to soil? Mm-hmm. This valley, the Gallatin Valley, it's just vast and spectacular. And it has some of the best soil in North America, but it also has sprawl. And all I can think of is we're building over some of the best soil that could be feeding people. The least there should be is a tax mm. for developers mm. who are taking away the ability for produce to be grown on this invaluable soil. Annie wants to develop a garden out on our property, uh, and we have a wonderful, wonderful place for that. And she wants to eventually find students with the 
agricultural department, you know, to use whatever in whatever way uh, we can to develop things. She loves the stone barn thing, the, the things that they're doing yeah. at stone barn where they're, they're developing vegetables that have very uh, wonderful flavor, but they take less water. Mm. Things like mm. that, I think are going to be crucial as you know, our population keeps expanding and our water supply keeps diminishing. I think, especially in a place like this, we're always afraid of fire now in the summers. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of life now. Mm-hmm. You have to think of of water and you have to think um, what's the best way to produce food. And I can't say I'm deep into that. I think um, there are people here that are and I can learn from them. But yeah, it's definitely an issue that's not, you know, obviously not here. It's worldwide. Populations are shifting because of food supply and depleted soils. Yeah. I mean, that's well. We hope we have a history we have that's a, happened. As an American in London, but as an American in America, we we do have a government now. It seems, you know, the Department of Agriculture and our president and the internal affairs are all really thinking much more than that. I think that way it's, just, it's everyone has to know and wants to. It's sustainability. Oh God, I, yeah. it's it's a profound relief because the heads of all those departments yeah. were formerly people yeah. who yeah. had worked to dismantle yeah. them yeah. at terrible cost yeah. for future generations. Yeah. Terrible cost. You know, I I have no words for what I feel about people who don't think of their children and grandchildren as they're raping. Yeah. yeah. You know, our uh, natural resources. It's, you know, shameful. So we think about our, as you say, our children and our grandchildren, and we think about your daughter and we talk about, you know, you're in Montana and I'm in London. And so food is, food is a connection, but it also is a comfort. So I try to end each conversation with the question. If food is a comfort, do you have one comfort food? Do you have a comfort food that you would go to when you need that? My unhealthy comfort food <laughs> would be <clears throat> coffee, ice cream, and Oreos. Mm. Um, I've had a passion for Oreos ever since I was tiny. Do you separate them? Or do, you, um, do, you, do you take the top off? I, uh, you have <laughs> to. I, you mean, everybody has their, their <laughs> way of eating Oreos. I very carefully try to take off the top with my bottom teeth. You know, you feel like you've accomplished it if the top comes off in one piece. And then I scrape the lard out with my, my, and I place the chocolate wafers on my tongue as if I was, you know, taking communion. Yeah, Yeah, we have, I have to say we have many things in common, but I eat an Oreo in exactly the same way. That's exactly. Yeah. So there you are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We'll see each other very soon. This holiday season, if you can't come to the River Cafe, the River Cafe will come to you. Our beautiful gift boxes are full of ingredients we cook with and design objects we have in our homes. River Cafe olive oil, Tuscan chocolates, Venetian glasses, a Florentine Christmas cake made in our pastry kitchen, and more. We ship them everywhere. To find out more or to place your order, visit shoptherivercafe.co.uk. 
River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.